Welcome in, one and all, on a Friday edition. Man, a Friday edition. There's, you know, you thought you kind of unpacked everything during the week, right? You had a lot of stuff going on, right? And then last night, we had a uh, a meeting down at the uh, Irish Cultural Heritage Center. And I was kind of helping them a little bit uh, do some social media work. And they had had some questions, so I went down, and Kristen and I had a really nice visit, really good time. Just completely shut off my phone after that. Just no news, no breaking news, no nothing. And I disabled all my alerts. So we went there. There's a Mexican restaurant that is near us called Casa Tequila, and I love the place. I was just in the mood for some tacos or a fajita. I couldn't decide, but I know I wanted that. It's, it's literally two minutes from the house. So I said, well, let's go there on the way home. We'll grab some dinner. We got packing to do. We got a lot of stuff to finish up. Today's the final you know, production day for uh, packing away all the equipment and everything and getting ready to ship it off to Vegas. And I thought, I told her, I said, you know, so there, I'm, something, I, I need to check my phone. Okay. So I open my phone up and I click on it and there's Grant Bill's, holy wow, Burns gets traded. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. As if we haven't, like, unpacked almost everything this week, right? And uh, then you start to read what they got in return. And many of the re- – I, I was listening to the MLB Network this morning, and they're saying, well, look, it's the sixth overall prospect in the Orioles organization, but you have to understand how good the minor league system is that the Orioles have. I mean, they have got a stockpile of talent. They've been building this thing up over the last five years and and in making acquisitions and trades. And then last year they came to fruition and everything started to rise. And, and now they've got this stockpile of talent, this that's ready to burst into the majors, but they want to go for it. They needed another piece or two and they feel like they were ready and sure enough, ownership changes, and the Brewers dealt away Corbin Burns for a what is labeled as a real up-and-coming shortstop, a pitcher, and you know a, a compensatory pick, we'll say. So I looked at CBS this morning, and they graded the Brewers' get for Corbin Burns a C. Uh, many people in the state of Wisconsin are kind of like, well, you got kind of the equivalent of what you would have gotten for him in a compensatory pick. I don't know if I would have done that. Uh, it, it It's not flashy names. It's not what you wanted back. I admit that. It's not what you wanted back. But from what I read, there is a lot of upside. Now, let me let me step back for a minute because I've always told you I don't want prospects. I want guys that are ready to play, that have played, that have been there, done that, that are going to bolster this team. And now the narrative, which was yesterday, saying, you know, when you look at the top three guys in the rotation and knock on wood, they all stay healthy. The bullpen seems to be pretty deep. And you look at all the position players they have, man, it's it's like you you can go for it again. You're the top dog with that ace of Corbin Burns at the lead of your rotation. You're the top dog. And now – you're kind of like, well, we had to get something that might have been the best deal that was out there. Everybody knows that the trade deadline, your back's against the wall. You may even get less. 
But I, I was excited about this season, about running it back. And now I'm kind of like, well, offensively and in the field, nothing changed. Once every five days, you've got a bit of a sinkhole. But what you got in return for a Cy Young Award winner and one of the more stable arms that you've had in a long time, you got prospects and a pick. And I, I, I have to admit I'm deflated by it. Normally I'm, I'm trying to blow sunshine up your rear end, but maybe, maybe this turns out to be great. I don't know. But I, I just I, I have to admit I wasn't at all overwhelmed with this. They had to trade him. I get it. You didn't want him to. I didn't want him to. It seemed like the word coming out of Milwaukee was, yeah, we're going to go ahead and run this thing back. But I think Matt Arnold, being responsible, did what he had to do, much to the chagrin of many Brewers fans, for what our attitude was yesterday versus today. And you wanted to get it done before pitchers and catchers report. You didn't want to pull Corbin Burns out of Arizona to ship him to Florida. You just didn't want to do it. You wanted to, you wanted to have those guys here and ready to go. So now you would have fit. Well, you would assume. I mean, if Ortiz is ready to go and he's going to be the shortstop of the future, that puts Adamas on the block, right? And and you know, Ortiz is not a power guy. So now you look at Adamas in his numbers, and even though his batting average was down, his OPS was down, his power numbers were up. Now you're like, man, if you trade him, you really have a sinkhole of power. You you're not a you're not a you're not a rip it and rip it team anymore. Stop talking about launch angles because all you are is, uh, and it's exciting. It's a it's a you know station to station baseball team doubles triples you know that kind of stuff. You're exciting, but it, it's it's like man, a little bit disappointing. Now uh, I was reading the article. I don't know if it was out of CBS or one of the locals, but they were talking about the Brewers and where they're at. And I was listening to it this morning on, uh, I don't know what the show is. There was two gentlemen this morning. Uh, it was before they go into the uh, the front office show. And they were talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. And I really paid attention. It was like one guy called the Brewers a professional breeding ground for big league teams. And that hurt. That hurt. Because that that is the kick to the balls that every Brewers fan knows. You know it's coming. You know it's what you are. But it's kind of like, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. We can say it, but you can't. But that's that's what was stated. And and that that really bothered me. That re, You're basically get a lot of great talent, stockpile it, and then when it gets to fruition, watch it leave. However, they were estimating that Corbin Burns is going to get upward if he has a good season this year. And if the Orioles don't sign him, and he's a one-year rental, then somebody else will. They're talking upwards of $300 million. And you knew the Brewers were never – this is part of the problem. The Brewers could never compete with that kind of money. They just could never do it. So as much as I hate it today, as much as I, I think the Brewers – you know, they, they, you know, CBS rates uh, and, and MLB rates the, the Orioles Hall an A, A+. They got the guy they needed. 
The Brewers, they give him a C. They're like, hey, you, you got something, but you don't know what it is in return. You just got rid of a guy that you know is a bona fide Cy Young Award winner. And I'm kind of there. I'm kind of there. So that's what we woke up to today. Goody spoke yesterday in the last hour of the program. I want to get reaction to that. And the Badgers, I'm, I'm watching this thing. It's halftime. I'm like, they're up. This, is, this game's done. What the hell? And then that happened. Badgers losing OT last night. So, anyway, we got a lot to unpack today. You want to join the program? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up over on X at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, or at Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant. You can find him there. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at simply the Bill Michaels, the Bill Michaels Show, the Bill Michaels Show on Instagram, the Bill Michaels Show on Facebook. Um, YouTube is simply Bill Michaels Show on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. And you can also track us down on Twitch TV, on Kick TV, on LinkedIn TV. There's a, a link that goes up on X. Uh, you can find us in so many different facets. Plus, you can always email the program simply thebillmichaels uh, at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. The website is thebillmichaels.com, thebillmichaels.com. And then there's the Zone Madison, the Zone, Z-O-N-E, the Zone Madison app. You can download that and always hear all the programs that come out of Madison, our flagship station, but ours too, live. And then there's uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, um, and Google Podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Grant, uh, last night, first of all, you were the one that broke the news to me when I was sitting there having a, a good feast, uh, and I drank an extra beer because of it, but, uh, give me your thoughts on the trade. I think it's fine. It's a bummer because he's been the Brewers best pitcher and he, he might be one of the best Brewers in, in history, Brewers pitchers in history. I, I don't know. It depends on how you judge guys, right? He was great for years. And he was always available, right? He was really, with the exception of 2020 when he got hurt into the playoffs, he was always available to make his start. So right. it hurts to lose a guy like that. I think Brewers fans need to remember that the Orioles are not acquiring like Cy Young Corbin Burns. They're not acquiring the player over the last four years. They're getting him for one year, and he's trended down. His stuff has gotten a little worse, and he's struck out fewer batters per nine innings year by year by year. So that affects the price. I think the Brewers did fine. I'm a little surprised think, it happened, though. I thought we were past this. I thought we were yeah, good. Yeah, I, I thought that they got a little bit less than what I was hoping for. Um, I wish they would have got another player and not a pick. So that bothers me because I said that all along. Don't give me picks. Give me somebody that's, that can play first. Give me somebody that can play third. They got a shortstop. Okay, you know, that means Adamus is probably going to – he's got one foot out the door now. Uh, you got another arm. Let's see what he turns into. But there's nothing that's sitting there making you go, wow, they really got themselves a baller. There, there's none of that. Um, and when it comes to Burns and trending down since his Cy Young Award, uh, last year he started off poorly. His overall numbers did not end up where you wanted them. But f- probably from what, the end of June – through July and August, he was he was good. He was really good. He was kind of back to form, so to speak. He, he wasn't uh, throwing nearly as many walks, a lot of breaking ball strikeouts. Uh, he was kind of back to form. And I thought, boy, if that's the way he's going to end and then pick up where he left off this season, that would have been huge. That would have been huge. So we got that to talk about. We're going to get your reaction to, to all of that. I'm just going to open it up because – did you? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to assume you you were packing last night watching the Badger game too, right? 
I was trying to pack, but then I got so invested and bent out of shape about the about the Madden right? game that I had to sit down and watch it without right? doing anything else. Well, I was sitting at uh, at the bar last night watching it, and uh, I got we got done with the first half, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is good. They got this one. I'm going to go home. And got home, and I was kind of running around the house, picking up a few things, packing some stuff. And uh, and I flipped it back on, and I'm like, what the hell? Lead's gone. They're trailing. I'm like, this is this is crazy. But my cousin, who was a basketball fanatic, and I texted him, and I said, look, I was missing part of it because he's a Big Ten fanatic, too. I texted him. I said, what the hell happened? He's like, well, shooting went cold. They were soft on the board, some turnovers, you know, the usual. But he said, Bill, this is this, this team wasn't supposed to be this good, and they're this good, and they got a clunker. Don't worry about it. They're a big game, and this was, this was, in essence, in his words, a trap game, looking forward to Purdue coming to town on Sunday. That's – that's what he was was, and I'm kind of like, well, okay, you know, you beat Purdue, you're right back on track, you know, you get drilled by Purdue, then you start to raise the eyebrow. But this is a good, this is a good basketball team, and we're excited about it. I'm not going to throw all that away over a loss to Nebraska, but God, it was Nebraska. Come on, man, come on. So we got all that to talk about, and uh, then for those of you on uh, YouTube, yes, Marty and Jay, yes, you got the chance to see it this morning. I was cutting uh, television promos today over on YouTube for uh, for our television show coming up a week from tomorrow night. So don't forget, coming up on Saturday night, the 10th, you can check, uh, check out the best interviews uh, of the Bill Michaels Show. We're going to be out in Radio Row in the Media Center out in Las Vegas. And it's going to be celebrity interviews, news, analysis, behind the scenes, all getting you ready for the big matchup, the big game, Super Bowl 58 coming up uh, on Sunday. But you can watch Saturday night, 7 o'clock on my 24. And that's where we're going to be, and we're looking forward to that. So all of that coming up. And speaking of that, Grant, did you get your official invitation? Oh, uh, what for? Uh, the uh, Super Bowl media committee sent out the invitations, and it said experience the best of Las Vegas in one fabulous evening for all of you that are in the media coming to, coming to Las Vegas to cover Super Bowl 58. I th- you, think I yeah, what is so what does that entail? Do I need to res- do I need to RSVP today? No, no, oh. no, no. We're gonna we'll RSVP once we're out there, but um, but it is uh, Tuesday night. It, it always is Monday nights opening night. Tuesday nights media night. Then Wednesday night you're kind of on your own. Thursday night cigars with the stars. Friday night we do a dinner, and Saturday night we're home. I mean it, that's it. But they left up because they're coming back. The Grand Prix Plaza for Formula One is now a structure. And so we're not going to a casino. It's a little weird. Uh, I'm kind of, I am I'm, I don't know if I should be disappointed because it's Vegas and we were hoping they would open up like a casino or something to us. Like out in LA, we had the run of Universal Studios. Out in Phoenix, they opened up a, a farm just outside of downtown Phoenix and they brought in all of the high-end restaurants to cook the best food there on site, and you basically walked the path of this farm with DJs and bands and stuff, and you you ate and drank, and everything was for free. You know, it is. Uh, so they gave they throw you that party. This one I'm a little bit, I, I don't know if I like it or hate it, but it's a, the Grand Prix Plaza, which is the main plaza, the five-story deck that they built for Formula One. So we're going to be walking the track, portions of the track, and at the Grand Prix Plaza – for the Formula One race in downtown Las Vegas, that's where the media party is going to be. A little different. But you know what's good is the media deck overlooks the sphere. So one of my that. one of my favorite bands announced they're doing a run at the sphere next summer, and I 
or this summer, I suppose now or 2024. I don't think I can. I don't think I can spend the dough. I want to, yeah. but the sphere looks really, really cool. Yeah. So there you go. So uh, we've got that going for us too. So I figured today would be one of those days we put it on cruise control. We'd have Mike Clemens on and we just reminisce about what went down and Goody had to say yesterday and a lot of poignant things and a lot of things that made me feel really, really good. And then the Corbin Burns hit and I'm like, crap, crap. I was just ready to, I was ready to take off, ready to just run it back with the Brewers this year. Now it's just, I think the narrative changes just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, okay, let's do this. We're going to break away. We're going to take some break and uh, take some phone calls. When we come back, we'll open it up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at Point Brewing. Point Brewing, brewing excellence since 1857. And at Point Brewing, they have so many different types of, uh, of beverages. And they're awesome. And they're like I said, they're based right here in the state of Wisconsin. And they've been getting it done for a long, long time. And all the different things that they have, I want to make sure you know about all of them. All of them. They've got the Point Special Lager, which is awesome. They have got the Drop Dead Blonde, the Amber Lager. They have the Milkshake Malt, in case you didn't know. And now the Seasonal Brews, the Snow Pilot is out. We know that. They've got the Bach Beer. Then in the summer, you've got Lakeside. Then in Oktoberfest, you got the Oktoberfest. Then as you start to get towards uh, Christmas, you got the Cookies and Cream and the Hefe. They got so many different things, all for, uh, all, all for our different tastes. Great friends, Point Brewing, brewing excellence since 1857. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, the Bill Michaels Show. Hopefully you're enjoying your day of Friday, man. Surprising Friday. Don't forget, we got uh, a week from tomorrow night. Our television debut is going to happen after all the uh, behind-the-scenes interviews and such coming to you from Las Vegas. We're going to be heading out there tomorrow, but we're going to have you a week's worth of radio roast up behind-the-scenes, media parties, and all that kind of good stuff, including opening night, and you can watch it Saturday night, seven o'clock on the ni- or on the tenth, on the tenth, I believe. Um, excuse, yeah, on the tenth at uh, seven o'clock on my twenty-four, so you can catch all the action right there. Uh, we still got to talk about Packers for gosh sakes, because the Green Bay Packers, they uh, they made a move. Joe Barry, no more. Halfley is now in, and uh, now you know it's. <laughs> It's a new era, and whether and you heard Goody speak about it a little bit yesterday, and now we got to talk a little bit more about that. So, let's do that. Uh, let's do that now. Uh, Trevor Has standing by, and uh, he is from the Boston Globe. And uh, Trevor, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. And were you surprised that Halfley uh, decided to make the move and jump back into the NFL? Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, I guess it depends how you look at it, right? I mean, you know, he had it up and down four years at BC. His record at BC was 22 and 26, which is not exactly eye popping. But at the same time, the team had momentum. They just beat SMU in the Fenway Bowl, and it was kind of like, all right, this is entering year five. They have their quarterback, they have their O line, they have their defense set. And Halfley was, you know, theoretically coming back. And then it was like, all right, let's take that next step and kind of contend in the ACC the following year. 
So I think the players really bought in and they, they realized that, you know, Halfley was their guy. And then all of a sudden they look on Twitter and they see Samuel's report and he's gone. So a lot of them tweeted, you know, heartbroken emojis, that kind of stuff. I think, I think the biggest surprise to me was the timing of it, you know, just considering they had the momentum. But at the same time, you can't totally fault Halfley. You know, he's a guy who, he, you know, he loves coaching. He loves winning. And the Green Bay Packers are one of the best franchises in all the sports. So you can't totally build him there. What did what, what did he bring to the table? Now, like you said, the record itself was a little up and down, but what did he bring to the table that players would be upset that he's gone? And give me your thoughts of him now entering into the NFL as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, so the thing, the word I would really use to describe him is, is personable. I think he's just he's a really personal guy, very charismatic, easy to talk to. I enjoyed my interactions with him over four years. He's very approachable. Um, I think he gets the best out of his players because they really want to play for a guy like him who really cares about building relationships. And, you know, the foundational pillars that kind of make a team succeed. So I think guys were, were devastated because he, he was their guy and he kind of told them, like, we're building this together. Let's, let's take this, this next step. And I, I wouldn't fault them for it for leaving. I feel like it's kind of the nature of the business, you know, like if you get the opportunity, you have to take it. But I think he's a guy who just who really cares about his players and really loves to win, win and kind of build something special. So in terms of translating it to, to the NFL, I think it will translate really well. I think D.C. is honestly an ideal role for him. I feel like he's had a lot of experience coaching the secondary and now coaching as a head coach, but I feel like it's kind of that happy medium where you can, you know, have some organizational power and kind of dictate, you know, who has which roles, but at the same time, you can really coach on a specific part of the field and do what he specializes in best. Now, in the NFL, he's been a defensive backs coach, obviously a co-coordinator over at Ohio State, but when it comes to being the organizer, it's a little different because you're not hands-on when it comes to each individual player, more so your positional coaches are. Is he a good organizer? Because that, that was one of the things that, you know, we brought up was that he only had the brief stint as a, quote, co-coordinator with Ohio State. So how good do you think he will be? Yeah, I think he's a very good organizer. I think that's one of the ways I would describe him, honestly. He's, I think he really did a good job as a head coach of kind of, you know, stepping into certain positional groups when he had the chance to do so and kind of, you know, getting a feel for what the, what the team needed at a certain point, but not overstepping and kind of realizing, like, all right, the coaches can do their jobs. Like, I hired these guys or some of them are already here and I trust them and, you know, they are all are fully capable. So I think he did a really good job of delegating, but also asserting his power, you know, when he needed to. He's a pretty, pretty hands-off guy, and for my opinion, um, you know, just seeing seeing what he's done over the years, I feel like he's pretty, pretty laid back. But at the same time, if he needs to chew into someone, he will. But overall, he's a pretty calm guy who kind of just, you know, feels the room and doesn't really try to overcoach. Or he just kind of does his job and lays back and kind of lets the results, you know, follow through because he he trusts people around him. Now, the more I, I read about him and the more I hear about him, the one thing that I like is is that he's kind of the gym rat. He's the X's and O's guy. He loves the film room. Is all that uh, what you kind of found to be true? Yeah, definitely. I think he's just a guy who loves loves football. I feel like that's the main, main reason why he took the job. As a, you know, in addition, obviously, it's the Packers' name. I feel like with college football, it was you know the he was it was the sport was diluted a little bit just with all the NIL and you know all the money and the different variables that kind of go into it nowadays. It's, a different sport than even you know three to five years ago, and it's it's constantly changing. So, I think the fact he's just the guy who really wants to just coach football and doesn't want the drama of it. And I feel like you know it's not specific to BC; it's kind of happening everywhere. But I feel like it kind of you know watered down a little bit and kind of you know sent him in that direction. That's just my my own opinion on you know why he might have left to go to the NFL. When when you hear people say, well, you know, Trestle, he was the guy calling the plays, and he you know, and Halfley really wasn't. He was more of the recruiter guy defensively. Is 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 that doing a little bit of an injustice to Halfley for what he did and kind of the X's and O's he brings to the table, do you think? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, Trestle was definitely, you know, more involved, but I feel like Halfley has – he kind of oversees everything. I feel like this is a good role for him because, like I said previously, he can really, you know, 
go into one specific part of the game. I feel like as a head coach, it can get somewhat overwhelming, just not, not him specifically, but over, you know, overall, if it's your first head coaching gig, you're kind of trying to balance all these things. It's kind of the flip side of what I was talking about before, where it's like you have to do X, Y, Z as opposed to just X. So now we can kind of focus on, you know, that one specific part of the game. And I feel like he'll really thrive in that role. And I, th- I expect him to kind of, you know, make it his own, but also, you know, see the personnel he has around him and kind of run with that. Do uh, the bottom line is, do you think the Packers did the right thing in hiring him as a defensive coordinator? I do. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think, I think I wouldn't expect, uh, you know, perfect results right away to be perfectly honest. I mean, like I said previously, they were 22 and 26 in four years. So, you know, the defense was certainly up and down um, in the, in his tenure, but it also, you know, did have, it did trend upward. Um, I think they really played well most of this year. Um, they had a five game winning streak uh, during the middle of the season and the SMU game was one of their best in his, in the halfway era. So, um, I think it's all about consistency. I feel like that was the word they kept throwing around at BC where it's like, you know, the, shine, the signs are there in flashes and the team is building potential, but it's not necessarily every week. So in the NFL, that's obviously magnified even more where you can't sleep on anyone. You know, every team can meet every team. And I feel like consistency is the next step. So I do think that the Packers, given the pieces they have, a lot of you know talent coming up, I feel like he will be able to maximize that talent. Trevor, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for on a short notice turning it around and giving us a shout. I, thanks always, okay? Yep, you're welcome. Thank you. There you go. Trevor Hass from the Boston Globe joining us a couple of minutes, giving us a lowdown on the new defensive coordinator, former Boston College head coach, and uh, now coming into the Green Bay Packers organization. Just a little in-depth back, background. He likes him. He's like, look, uh, he's, he's, you know, he was up and down record-wise, but uh, for what he did and the way he did it, very good. So perfect, perfect stuff. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll get back into so many different things. Uh, obviously, Corbin Burns has been traded to the Baltimore Orioles. Orioles, uh, in return, send back what they believe to be, you know, MLB ready shortstop pitcher, a draft choice. And uh, we got that to talk about. Obviously, yesterday, Brian Gudikin spoke and he's got some comments. And I wanted to get back into that a little bit. Badgers lose last night, a little bit surprisingly to Nebraska. So, and we got Mike Clemens coming up today, and we got a whole other bunch of reaction to all of this stuff. So, stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to you and it is a good day I, it's not a great day if you're a Brewers fan I'll admit that no doubt about that hey if you're looking for a, a good day maybe uh, to make your day better you're uh, you know Italian food always makes you feel better I'll tell you that right damn now no doubt about it uh, if you're going to head anywhere head down to Calderon Club Old World Third Street uh, downtown Milwaukee right across the street from the Hyatt within a walking distance uh, I know they got a big game tonight going on for the Admirals, going for 12 in a row. So if you're going downtown tonight, going to the Admirals game, check out Calderon Club or San Giorgio, either place. Awesome. And uh, 838 Old World 3rd Street, they're uh, two blocks away from the arena. They're about three blocks away, three and a half really, uh, from the Pfizer Forum. But uh, Calderon Club and San Giorgio, both great places before or after the game. And if you want to get a pizza and get it before, get up there early, enjoy yourself. 
pack it all in and then head over and cheer on the Milwaukee Admirals as the win streak continues, hopefully. Knock on wood, coming up tonight. Good, good stuff. And uh, going to be a lot of Admirals fans downtown. Big night tonight, too. They've got uh, the Brewers slash Admirals Hawaiian shirt night giveaway down there tonight. Brewer, Brewers and Admirals logos on a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> so... I know it doesn't necessarily go together, but uh, hey, uh, they're giving it to, I think it's the first 2,500 people that are in attendance tonight down at the uh, the arena for the Admirals game. They get a shirt. So head on down to Calderon Club and then get over there early and get your shirt. There you go. 877-867-1670. Coming up a little bit later on, we're going to talk with Zach Heilprin. We'll talk with him about what happened last night to the Badgers in Nebraska and then also get his thoughts as here comes Purdue. Uh, one of the top-ranked teams in the country as well, and uh, what the Badgers need to do to overcome the big man in the middle. And then we've got Chuck Freeman, our guy from Locked On Brewers Podcast, in about an hour and a half. And uh, Chuck is going to be here, and we'll talk and pick his brain regarding the Burns trade. I, I wonder if he feels the same as I do. Like, y- it, you know it's for the best. It's like taking medicine. You know it's for the best. You don't want to just lose them. you got to get something for them. And then when you finally take the medicine, you're like, okay, I want instant gratification. I want to be well right now. And instead, you get back a couple of what they consider to be Major League Baseball-ready prospects and a draft choice, which, uh, you know. So, in other words, you're not going to see anything from that draft choice for the next three to five years. It's like, uh, it feels like a little underwhelming, you know? A little underwhelming in the scales of justice, right? So uh, we'll find out how Chuck feels about all of this. And in the last hour of the show today, our guy Mike Clemens, as uh, Mike and I and Grant and Erica and Kristen and the staff, we all get ready to wing our way west, and we're going to head to Las Vegas. And uh, Mike, uh, Mike's on a different flight than we are. Mike, Mike flies, uh, I think he goes from Milwaukee to Utah and then into Vegas. We go Milwaukee to Chicago and then to Vegas. Erica goes straight from Chicago to Vegas. And Grant, you go from Dane County to Minneapolis to Vegas, correct? Yeah, and I, I love the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport. That's my home airport. Yeah. It's the one I've always flown out of. I'm I'm comfy cozy up at that airport. I have no problem okay. with a little with a little layover. I'll get some I'll get some work done. I'll, I'll do some guest yeah. scouting and you know, I'll get some work done. Um and then um, yeah, I mean, the cool thing about our flight tomorrow morning, even though we got to get up at the abs, we're not even at the butt crack of dawn. We're before we see any butt cracks, but, um, we get to Chicago and we got an hour and a half layover. So at least by the time you get off the plane, you don't have to go running through Chicago's airport, you know, like last time, last time we were heading out to uh, the, the East coast and literally had to run. And I just told Kristen, go, just go, go, leave me behind, go, you got to get there. Uh, because I had the equipment. Because remember, I was doing the the Packers post game show from out in uh, the Boston area, and you know, lugging all that stuff and running. I'll tell you what, I that that was right there the reality of yeah, your big ass needs to get back into shape. You need to so I've been kind of training for this. <laughs> so I love hopefully, that. this is a better experience. I want to get off the plane and hear you know, and then here I am running through the airport type of thing. So. And then Trevor, God love Trevor, our engineer, he put a shoulder strap on the case. Now I don't have to carry it. I can just throw it over my shoulder. Ah, that's the best. So uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that's, our, that's our lineup, so to speak. Well, so. last year when I went down to spring training, so I went from the La Crosse Airport to MSP to, up to Minneapolis and then over to, the, to Sky Harbor in Arizona, yeah. and the, the broadcasting unit comes in. Well, you, you, know, you work with this equipment. It, it was in a very weird-looking black case, a Pelican case. 
Yeah. And it looked like if I saw someone carrying that box through the airport, like I would I would raise my eyebrow yes. a little bit. Like it's a weird looking. So I'm walking yes. around the airport and I wouldn't set it down because I, w- you know, it's not no. getting stolen. Nope. So I'm carrying it around from, you know, around the food court. And I, it looked a little suspicious. I'm glad yeah. that no one said anything. No, I, I get it. I, uh, whenever I send my backpack through uh, security, it's all computers and wires and mics and two computers, uh, like an iPad, like my Samsung version of the iPad, uh, all the wires, microphones, cables, I, it's all there. And they, they back it up, look at it, back it up, look at it, back it up, look at it. And then it, it always is. Oh, you're going to have to step aside, so we're going to have to take a look at this. Okay, that's fine. And then the old case, not this new case, but the old case, that looks like a detonation device because there's buttons in it, you know, red buttons, orange buttons, blue buttons, and all this stuff that you push. I, I can push the commercials from here in my studio. And there's buttons all over it, plus the unit, plus a cell phone tower, its own cell phone tower, and it's all soldered and wired and headphone wires and it's it's got and they always look at that. This case is they always look at that thing. And I had said, uh, I had said to uh, the last time uh, we flew, uh, because I flew on a puddle jumper from Milwaukee to Chicago, and there was no I I never ever ever I told the story I never checked the bag I, that I never check it always stays with me because I'd rather lose all my clothes than lose the ability to broadcast. So it always stays with me. And I and they say it wouldn't fit in any of the bins, and it certainly won't fit below a seat. And uh, because the bins were really small, it was one of those planes that has uh, like two seats on one side and one seat on the other. So it was a little like a, like a cigar tube with wings, and it wouldn't fit up in the overhead. And the guy's like, yeah, you're going to have to you know check it. I'm like, I, I'm not going to check it. I'll put it on my lap. And he's like, you can't do that. So I said, look, this is what it is. And the guy holds it like he's holding a baby. He's like, no worries. We'll take good care of it. I said, okay, great. And I'm looking out the window. I can see him. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. So he puts it in there, lays it in. I'm like, okay, now I feel better. We get to Chicago, and it dawned on me, the same guy is not going to be in Chicago. And sure enough, I'm watching, I'm watching. And this guy grabs it, holds it up by the handles, looks at it, and tosses it. And it, bang, face down on the on the conveyor belt. I'm like, oh, my God. So sure enough, by the time we got to Boston, I had to find a Best Buy, and I had to f- start soldering, you know, soldering wires back together because they just threw it, you know. And it says fragile broadcast equipment. They don't care. That you could say live baby in here, you know, with no helmet on, and they'd still throw it. They don't care. They have no care. So anyway, I uh, I had an experience at Lacrosse Airport, and I don't say this to brag. I bring this up because it's a funny story. So I did security at Lacrosse last year, and I went to spring training, and that's a lot easier. So by the time you get up to Minneapolis, you've already gone through security, so you're kind of in the clear. Right. And I got to the desk. It was in the middle of the afternoon. The Lacrosse Airport is really quiet, and I set my stuff up there, and I'm like, hi, I'm checking in for the flight, and I told her my name, and she goes, oh. You're the radio guy. You're, you're going to spring training. I listen with my husband most evenings. That's cool. So they There you go. She's like, yeah, just go ahead through. Like, it was the, it was the yeah. easiest process ever. That's awesome. It was pretty, That's awesome. It was pretty funny. I, I've had that happen once in Milwaukee where we had, I've had a listener. He worked at TSA. And I had a listener, and he's like, he, he, he was the guy that was doing the x-ray. And he's like, I, I know what this is. You know? And he looked at me, and he's like, oh, have a great trip. It was, I think it might have actually been spring training. No, no, no. I take the back. It was Super Bowl last year was going to Super Bowl last year out there. I knew I was going to Arizona. 
but it was Super Bowl last year, and he's like, ah, have a great trip, you know, that type of thing. It's good to have a friend in in the TSA. That's good. Good to have a listener that at least knows and understands what it is you're doing. Okay, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. Don't forget, about 45 minutes away, we are going to talk some uh, college hoops, namely the Badgers. What happened last night? What's going to happen this weekend? Zach Halpern's going to join us. Chuck Freeman's going to be here a little bit later on with the Lockdown Brewers podcast, talking about the Corbin Burns trade. Mike Clemens going to take us the rest of the way out in the final hour of the show. We got a whole lot, whole lot of stuff to unpack today. Speaking of packing, more of the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael show we continue on and uh it is a little bit of a depressing day I get it if you're a Brewers fan you're kind of you're geeked up man you thought you know look you got fastball Freddie Peralta you got Wade Miley back you got Corbin Burns you got solid three starters you got a pretty good team you got a defensive outfield you've got a pretty solid defensive infield they solidify the first base position I mean hell Christian Yelich started to even hit the ball again last year and he could end up being uh, one of the better DHs in the National League. And you're ready. You're ready. Let's do this. And then kick to the balls. Oh. You're breathing heavy because you can't believe it. But uh, Corbin Burns, off to Baltimore. Off to Baltimore. Uh, Greg says maybe 70 wins for the Brewers. Greg, really? 70? 70 wins, that's it? And there's no way. No way. Look, I, I – I am now I, – I texted our buddy Mo Egger uh, out of Cincinnati this morning, and I said, hey, Mo, I said, look, uh, with the trading of Burns, I think between, if Cincinnati has any pitching at all, any pitching at all, then I think it'll be a battle near the top spot between Cincinnati, maybe Chicago, because um, Cincinnati ended up a game behind Chicago. But Cincinnati had, had bats. They could hit. They just couldn't pitch last year. And they still won 82 games. Cubs won 83. Brewers were nine games better. Do you think that the loss of Burns equates to nine losses? To nine nine definite losses? Nine more losses? I don't. I don't. I, I, I like what they did. And that's, you know... That's even looking at it as, hey, the, you know, if the Brewers are anywhere near in it, come the trade deadline, you got to assume they're going to make a deal to get better, right? At some point, and maybe they're not even done. You would assume now, Adamus, if he's on the trade block, maybe Adamus brings in a third baseman. You know, I'm not thrilled with Montessario being your third baseman, but you know, who knows. But I, I think the way the team is built right now, it's still a good team. It's just, I was hoping to ascend. I was hoping to get an extra win or two. Keep everybody healthy. Garrett Mitchell looked poised to have a hell of a year. And then even when he came back, he played pretty well. There's no Jesse Winker the, to be a boat anchor and suck you down on this team. There's none of that. You know, last year, Contreras behind the plate was just awesome. Bryce Terang, man, if he gives you any kind of offense, then that 
second base is solidified for years to come. Your outfield seems pretty deep. Even if they don't trade Adamas, he gives you some of the power numbers. So your weak spot is third base, right? And your bullpen still looks to be pretty good. So why not, why not, you know, still have optimism for 90 wins? Does it change that much? Okay, maybe 87. But even if they get 87, they still win the division from last year, right? So I, I, I mean, I'm disappointed, but I'm not thrown in the towel, as many people seem to be. I just think the narrative changes a little bit. Is that is that is that like a legitimate, you know, uh, a conscious stream of thought, Grant, or am I, am I blowing smoke up my own rear end? No, the Brewers know what they're doing. Okay, and I it's funny that I have to remind listeners and fans that we've seen now for four or five years that this is what they do, right? They maximize talent of players while they have them, and when it's time to move, they find a deal that works for them. They got a guy who could play third base on opening day if they want. Ortiz can be an everyday infielder if they need. So if, if Brewers fans, if they just surface level looked at this deal, these guys are ready to play now. They're not 20 years old, right? They are just starting to bubble up into the majors. D.L. Hall, the pitcher, pitched last year. Right. And he's a guy who's compared to Josh Hader, got a lot of amazing stuff, right? Maybe needs to tweak pitch selection and tweak location just a little bit. He can be a tweener, a lever, or a starter. So I I, I don't think this changes the Brewers season all that much. It sucks to lose Corbin Burns, but considering where he was in his contract, I I think it's a fine deal. And they just got they just got Reese Hoskins. He's still on the team. We didn't lose him too. So they're gonna score more runs. They're gonna hit more home runs this year. I that I hope. That I hope, because that's I liked Adamus last year did not have a good season. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Last year, his his offense wasn't great, and we know it. He had power numbers, but his offense wasn't great. And that seemed to affect a little bit of what he did in the field. It was very much like Colton Wong. It was very much from years ago, reminiscent of Casey McGee. It, it, it was that kind of like he started to struggle at the plate, and then his, his defense started to struggle. So you start to look over the fence and go, ah, maybe it's time to get rid of this guy. But he still gave you power numbers. So out of the shortstop in the first base position, you have legit power numbers. You got, you got what nineteen, twenty home runs out of out of uh, Christian Christian Yelich. Maybe he gets a little better. Maybe this year his high mark is 24, 25. Maybe he's good again and gives you two seventy five. Boy, if he can give you that, and you've got power numbers out of your short and corner position, and then you fill it in with guys that can hit and are exciting and get on base around the rest of the outfield. And then, there, then, oh, by the way, you got Contreras. That's not a bad team. So I, I was excited about it. But you always had that, man, this is a guy that can stop the losing and can continue the winning in Corbin Burns. And then they that, that came about. It's not like, oh, woe is me and all is lost. I, that's not where I'm going with this. I'm more disappointed of what they got in return. I was hoping for another piece, not a draft choice, another piece. I would have loved to have seen them get a legit third baseman. Guy that's got pop, he's going to hit 250, got pop in his back, give you 24 home runs, and pretty good defender. That's what I was hoping for, for for a, a legit Cy Young Award winner. That's what I was hoping for. So you didn't get that, but I don't think it knocks down the the uh, thought of, uh, of competitiveness, I guess is the best way to put it for this Milwaukee Brewers team. I'm, I'm good with that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Uh, 
Uh, Nick said the Brewers need to be able to hit better this year, not necessarily a big jump in average, but bigger re- uh, production in strikeouts or reduction in strikeouts and stop the bases loaded and nobody gets in because they can't make contact stuff. The Brewers still can compete in this crappy division. I don't think the division is going to be crappy. That's just it. Cincinnati can hit. If Cincinnati gets any kind of pitching, they're going to be a legitimate threat. And I don't know what kind of an addition Craig Council is going to to make via the statistics and sabermetrics down in Chicago. That's kind of like the the unknown. And can you really count on St. Louis sucking as bad as they sucked last year? I think not. So I, I think it's going to be a more – now, is it up there on the same competitiveness as, say, the National League West? The American League East? No. The American League West? No. But I still think it's going to be a pretty good division. We got an hour down. We got three yet to go. Don't go anywhere. What a good day. What a good day. Fun day today. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.